Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warrior Project podcast. My name is Emmeline. I'm a mental health consultant. Over the last 10 or so years, I've endured extreme trauma and I also manage bipolar naturally. This podcast is a platform for me to share all of the unconventional wisdom that I've acquired over the last 10 years. If expansion is your thing, this is where it's at. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Warrior Project. Um, So I wanted to chat today about what life is like on the other side of recovery from mental illness. Um, This is not something that I often discuss intentionally in length. I mean, I will a lot of the time back up my concepts by drawing on my own personal experiences, but I don't often actually give you guys specific examples and experiences of what life is like on the other side of suffering. Um, A few weeks ago, I was probably about a month ago now. Yeah, about a month ago. um, I went over to Sydney for like a four day holiday um, to see David Goggins. Um, Even though I didn't entirely enjoy that um, because it didn't really resonate with me and I just wasn't sure if it was something that I really believed in. Anyway, regardless, um, I went over there with someone who she's a client, but she's also a friend and we've developed this really lovely friendship. And I was saying to her that this was quite an emotional thing for me to do. So I said this to her um, when I booked it. And since coming back, we've discussed how transformative the trip was, but when I booked it and we were booking the accommodation and, you know, it was getting closer, I said to her, you know, this is quite um, significant for me because this is the first time in 10 years that I've been on a holiday with a friend for the purpose of just enjoying the experience. And I said to her, uh, after that, after going to Melbourne, when I was, 19 with a friend, um, almost 31. So shit, it's been probably 12 years. Um, after that, every time I went away for a holiday or left the country or went somewhere, it was in, it was in the pursuit of running from bipolar, running from bulimia, running from my life, running from my pain. And yeah, so I said to her, this is basically the first time in 10, 11, 12 years that I am allowing myself to indulge in something purely for the experience without any expectation, without any reason, without any standards, without the compulsion to use this as a vehicle to escape myself. And I think A lot of the time, even if you don't suffer from mental illness, if you struggle with day-to-day stress, you might notice that you're the type of person that you use holidays as a vehicle to escape from a life that you loathe. And I think that that's a lot of people. Um, But for me, I mean, I don't, I've built this life that I don't need to run from that I don't need to escape from, that I can just be in. Um, So it was quite interesting for me to go to Sydney and experience 
a holiday as an adult whereby I'm free and liberated. Um, So the holiday itself was brilliant. So we stayed at like a really nice five-star hotel across the road from this gorgeous wellness center that did um, like lots of different yoga classes and had a really nice cool gym and um, an infrared sauna. So we obviously utilized that. Um, We were right in the middle of the hub of Sydney. So we walked everywhere and we would go sightseeing and we're always looking up and around us just at architecture and buildings and people and places. And um, it, it was just a transformative holiday in the sense that we were fully immersed in the experience. We were fully immersed in just being somewhere and, and, and that's all that mattered we were just being there, just being there. And it was very transformative. And we both felt a shift when we came back from the holiday that we struggled to articulate and conceptualize. And the only word really that we can use to describe it is transformative. We came back feeling different. And I think it was because we allowed ourselves to experience the full range of a flow state, which is what happens when you just be somewhere and you just allow yourself to follow the flow of what feels right. Um, And I also made the comment to my friend and I said, you know, it's also really, really interesting to go somewhere without an eating disorder. And that was something that was quite moving and emotional for me. I think because body image and disordered eating has been, had been such a huge part of my life for such a long time. You forget what it's like to be present and to allow yourself to experience things purely for the experience. And I'm not saying purely to indulge in or to be gluttonous, but just to pick things that you want to experience and that make you feel good without hesitating and without worrying about your weight or how you're going to look or what's in it, just being there. And that was something that was huge for me um, because I'm at the point now where body image is not an issue for me. Um, I'm not really phased by the clothes that I wear or it's not so much that I don't care what I look like but that's not the thing that drives me. The thing that drives me is how I want to feel. So I want to feel agile and flexible and light and healthy. And I don't want to ever feel empty or hollow or deprived or heavy. So I think because I am so driven by how I want to feel, it the way that my body presents and my skin and, and my hair and everything else, it's sort of like a byproduct of that um, because it was liberating as well, you know, being in a random city and not caring what I wore as well and noticing that, I mean, it, I didn't wear makeup at all. I only wore makeup when we went out like at night um, to a cocktail bar. Um, and And those are all subtle things that used to be such focal driving points of my life. And I wasn't completely aware of how much I have healed until I was placed somewhere where experience was 
the driving force and just noticing that I was less concerned with time. I wasn't clinging to time or space or standards or expectation. And that was something that was really liberating as well. Being in this place where I was just allowing whatever to happen. Um, And that's, I think, you know, going on holiday post eating disorder or post addiction or, you know, post bipolar, that was just sort of one example of what life is like on the other side of suffering. Um, In terms of day-to-day life, I never thought I'd get to a point where my mind most of the day does not drive me. I mean, I spend a lot of time on my own because I work from home and my partner works away. So I'm alone a lot. Um, And I do notice my thoughts will take me back to sessions and I'll rethink things that I could have said or should have said. And my brain will take me there, but it doesn't drive me. So the way that I relate to my thoughts and my mind is very different. Um, I will just allow it to exist in the background, but I will continue to pull myself back into the moment. Um, And that's something that is huge for me. I mean, when I was suffering from bulimia, when I would start to have this rapid, relentless internal dialogue reminding me of how unworthy I am, how invaluable I am, how ugly I am, how this, how this or that, I would allow those thoughts to then generate extremely uncomfortable feelings and sensations, which would then drive me to binge and purge and drive me to switch autopilot on. It was like autopilot and the ritual would begin. And I never thought that I would get to a point where I don't even want to use the words control because I wouldn't say that it's the fact that I have control of my mind, but my relationship with my mind has shifted so much so that I can acknowledge that my thoughts are separate from me. And if I can notice and witness my thoughts, then I mustn't be the thoughts. I must be something else. So I think in understanding and acknowledging that my thoughts are always going to exist and the way that they play out or continue is dependent on my relationship to them, that has been extremely helpful for me. The other thing that I've noticed since recovering from mental illness is nothing feels chaotic. Nothing really feels that bad. Nothing really feels that difficult. Nothing really feels that intense. Um, I remember at the height of my bipolar before I sort of understood the mechanisms of it and before I actually knew what was going on with me, I would experience these intense, severe pendulum swings of either being completely depressed, detached, hated everything, hated everyone, didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be heard to then swinging to the other end where I was manic. And at either end of this spectrum, shit felt hard. It felt intense. It felt overwhelming. It felt big. It felt overpowering. And that was obviously my self-perception being magnified in my external circumstances. So something that I've noticed now since 
changing the way that I relate to myself and therefore the world around me is that nothing feels big or intense. And I think because I have done so much work on understanding all of the different moving parts of myself and I've delved into my childhood, I've delved into my belief system, I've delved delved into culture and society and standards and constructs and expectations and ideals. Because I've delved into all of that stuff and changed the way that I relate to it all, there is no rigid set of ideals that is driving me. So the, the way that I show up in the world is no longer being dictated by a social mask or image or an ego structure. I have managed to learn how to separate myself from my ego structure. So I'm no longer being driven by the need to be validated for certain things. I'm no longer being driven by a set of standards, ideals, expectations, um, belief systems. I have acknowledged that I can quite freely move and exist in the space between the beliefs. Um, And that's not to say that beliefs aren't important. I mean, obviously like basic human beliefs, like everyone deserves compassion. Everyone deserves this. Like I'm not saying that I have divorced myself from beliefs, but I just no longer cling to them because I noticed that I would suffer a lot. The thing that caused me a lot of suffering was my compulsion to cling to what I thought was me. So everything that I thought was me or that I thought defined me or that I thought I had to define myself by caused me suffering because I would force myself to conform to something that was not the truth. So I was forcing myself to conform to looking a certain way, to showing up a certain way. I wanted to be the hot fitness chick that everyone wanted to look like. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to socialize a lot. I also wanted to be really smart. I also wanted to make a lot of money. I also wanted my family's validation. I also wanted to keep up with the latest trends. I also wanted people to perceive me in a certain way. And it was on, it went on and on and on and on. And it was fucking exhausting. It was exhausting trying to manage other people's perceptions of me whilst trying to define myself by external parameters of success, of beauty, of happiness, of wealth, of love, of relationships. And when I started to do the work, both with myself and with a mentor and really tune into my internal environment, I realized that the things that would cause me pain caused me so much pain and suffering because they would conflict with who I thought I was. So if there was an external situation or circumstance that I was really struggling with and that caused me a lot of pain, I was able to identify that it's causing me a lot of pain because it's conflicting with who I think I am. And if I was not clinging so tightly onto who I think I am, this other thing wouldn't be having this effect on me. So I've noticed that since healing And look, I'm not saying I'm a fully enlightened being. Of course I'm not. I'm not Gandhi. I'm not Buddha. But I'm in a pretty, if I compare like who I am now to who I used to be, I don't like me saying I'm a different person is an understatement. I'm, I'm just, 
sorry for losing my words. I'm trying to articulate what it's like. It's not that I've divorced from the parts of myself or I've divorced myself from my past or my shames or my pains or my pitfalls. I've integrated them in a way that has allowed me to feel whole, but they don't define me and I don't cling to them, nor do I resist them. So I allow myself to look at all the parts of myself and I integrate them and acknowledge them, but I don't cling to them. So for example, if I was clinging to the mistakes that I've made in the past in terms of how I would show up in the world, the way that I've hurt people that I love, I probably wouldn't be creating content like this. I probably would be keeping myself small because I would fear people from my past rising from the dead and saying, well, you did this to me. You used to do this. I know that you've done that. You're not you're not as good as you think you are. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. So if I defined myself and clung to my past, I would be forcing myself to stay small because I'd be driven with fear and anxiety. I'm not saying that I neglect my past. I've, I own it all. Yeah, I know I fucked up a lot. I know that while I was trying to stabilize my spiritual gift, I did a lot of things that probably weren't the best and I did things that I didn't understand and I sacrificed my sense of self when I probably shouldn't have. And there are a lot of things that I've done before I knew what was driving me. And I've heard a lot of people that I love and I've made a lot of mistakes. And there are a lot of parts of me that I've had to sit with and look at and acknowledge but I can't neglect them and I can't not look at them. I'm not going to let them drive me and I'm not going to cling to them, but I'm also not going to resist them or be aversive to them. I'm going to own all of it. I have to own all of it. I have to let it all coexist. And I think that's the difference now. I have made peace with all parts of myself. I have neutralized every single thing that I've been through. Every single thing that I have endured, every part of me is sacred and it doesn't have to mean anything to anyone else and it doesn't have to be understood or accepted by anyone else and I don't have to get the validation from anyone else. I don't have to get the love, the reassurance, the encouragement or the forgiveness or the compassion from anyone else. I just have to get it from myself. And now that I'm in that place where as soon as I identify some stickiness or some resistance... I figure out where it's coming from and then I figure out how I can give it to myself. Now that I'm in that place, I cling less to external things. I cling less to people because I no longer need them to fulfill a need of mine. They're just in my life because I enjoy their presence and I love them. And I think that was a huge shift for me is not clinging to people and not clinging to dynamics to define me because I don't cling to anything in particular to define me. And I've had to desensitize myself to the unknown and I've had to recondition myself to acknowledge that I don't actually know where I'm going. I don't actually know what defines me, but that's okay. That's okay. I don't have to know. And I think making peace with acknowledging that your intellect isn't the be all and end all and you're not going to know everything That was hard, 
but it's been a huge part of my transition to living a life that's a lot more free, more peaceful. It feels like it flows. It just feels so nice and quiet and full of love and just easy, easy, easy. And I think there is not one day that I take for granted now. There is not one day that I don't feel gratitude, even if it's a fucking bad day, even if I have a bit of an episode or I have a meltdown or I grieve something or I'm riddled with shame or I'm riddled with anxiety. I don't take that for granted and I don't wish that day away. I include all of it. I include all of it. And I get really emotional thinking about the way that I relate to myself now because I'm just overwhelmed with so much gratitude and I'm my own soulmate and my partner knows that. I tell him all the time that I am my own soulmate and I will back myself all the time and I will always love him, but I will always love myself first. And I guess my wish is that everyone gets to this point because this is where it's at. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you'd like to reach out, you can find me on Instagram, The Warrior Project, or on my website, thewarriorproject.com. Other than that, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to see you on the next one.